Gene Sullivan saw a need in the industry for research on wealth management technology that was more in-depth and actionable. She shares some of her insights and unique perspective on evaluating the wealth tech market with us. Welcome to this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, and I'm happy to have on the program today, Gene Sullivan, the new head of Ezra Group's research division. Hey, Gene. Hi, Craig. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. Now that you're on the program. That's great. So happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. This episode of Wealth Management Today is brought to you by Ezra Group Consulting. Broker-dealers are under tremendous pressure to retain and attract new advisors, and the technology ecosystem is a key part. Ezra Group Consulting is your go-to source for building the next generation of advisor and client experiences that will supercharge your firm's growth, increase user satisfaction, and reduce operating costs. If you're a broker-dealer and you want to leapfrog your competition, contact Ezra Group today for a free one-hour consultation and 10% off your first strategic planning project. Go to ezragroup.co, that's E-Z-R-A, G-R-O-U-P dot C-O for more information. And we're back with this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. And I'm happy to have on the program Gene Sullivan, the new head of research for Ezra Group Research. Hey, Gene. Hi. Hi, Craig. How are you today? Fantastic, Gene. I'm so glad to have you here Uh on the podcast. Welcome. So um, we're here to talk about the new research division at Ezra Group, where I'm excited about it. It's been going on for a little bit, but this is our first public announcement. So um, uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. If you can give a little overview of uh, just quickly 30 second rundown of your history and how you came to Ezra Group. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so I actually began my career um, working with um, Cerulli Associates. Um, and at Cerulli Associates, I was uh, managing director of the consulting division. I then started my own company, Dover Financial Research, um, where I primarily worked with uh, the Money Management Institute doing research on the retail advisory segment of the financial services industry. So we did um, a lot of research, um, data collection. Um, We also worked very closely with executives across the industry from asset management firms to broker dealers, um, uh, service providers, et cetera. Uh, So um, as the industry began to change, um, I started looking to do something a little bit different. Um, I had worked with the Money Management Institute for a long time, and you and I had a great conversation around um, the importance of um, financial technology, especially in the wealth management space. And um, that led to a recognition of, um, un, you know, the, a recognition of um, seeing that there was a real gap in terms of research and data when it came to uh, financial technology. Um, The other, um, I guess, um, observation that we had was that uh, a lot of firms were really looking for guidance um, in this space, whether it be, you know, um, evaluating emerging trends or helping them better position their firms. So, um, 
we sort of collaborated and I'm happy to be now the head of research at Ezra, Ezra Group. I am happy as well. Okay. And, you know, we, we had the conversation, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about this and, uh, you know, we both saw that there was a, and that's how we came together in this. We saw that there was a gap in the market for this kind of research. Uh, and, you know, can you explain a little bit more about what we're focusing on with uh, Ezra Group Research? Sure. Um, so there's a few things that we're focusing on. Um, the first is really understanding the, um, I would say, the, the, the landscape, the, the technology landscape. And by technology, we're really focusing more on um, wealth tech and more specifically on advisor tech. So we've just noticed that there is a gap in terms of understanding the trends, um, the emerging trends that are really influencing technology providers. So that's one thing. The second thing is that we're also looking to um, help um, enterprises, uh, vendors, uh, and other firms, such as um, private equity firms, uh, look at their own look at capability look at technology solutions and understand how they uh, how they compare to each other so we've spent a lot of time doing comparative evaluations um, across different types of technology solutions so that's the second thing and the third thing is really we've helped a lot of our helped a lot of clients look at this the addressable markets um, there's really no information out there that helps vendors, helps um, wealth management firms understand the size of the various technology markets, um, in the technology markets. And by that, I mean, <clears throat> you know, we look at the size of the market in terms of assets under management. We help um, vendors and enterprises look at the revenue potential. So uh, we've spent a lot of time over the past few months looking at that piece of the industry as well. Yeah, it's not that there isn't data out there. There's lots and lots of data, right? I mean, I'm not going to mention the names of all yeah. the data companies. They're all out there. But why? Right. But if you can explain, you, you do a way better job than I do explaining this. So why? What is it about all the data that these companies that come to us, all these all these tech companies, fintechs and wealth techs, right. that come to us? Why can't they just take the report from X, you know, fill in the blank company and just figure it out? Uh, well, there is a lot of data. Um, but there's a lot of overlapping data and there's a lot of inconsistent data and there's a lot of data that has gaps in it. So what we help firms do is really understand the data um, and then we do the analysis around the data. Uh, so we develop methodologies that um, take the data and provide our clients, um, the industry, with um, um, uh, views on the data that don't currently exist. So, uh, so even though there's data out there, it doesn't always make sense, and you can't always um, pull different data pieces together without really understanding um, the data at a very granular level, and then taking that data and and meshing it in a way that makes sense. Yeah, that's really the key. And you hit you hit it. It's cr you're creating views that don't currently exist. Correct. Correct. So we had a we had a client, um, a great client, and um, who was all of our clients are great. <laughs> That's true, actually. Um, so we have a have a client that was working with a private equity firm, and needed to size um, 
needed to size their addressable market. So they were selling a technology product, but they wanted to size the addressable market um, in terms of assets and revenue potential. Um, so we had to, to actually identify um, their clients, their potential clients across the globe, uh, tag them um, based on certain market segments. So we were looking at um, um, hedge, hedge fund, the hedge fund segment, the institutional money management segment, the TAMP segment, broker dealer, et cetera. So we had to take all of the clients globally, tag them, uh, size them in terms of assets, and then then develop a pricing methodology to help them understand what their their revenue potential was, um, you know, their worldwide revenue mm -hmm. potential was. Um, and we worked both very closely with the private equity firm, as mm -hmm. well as the technology provider. Right, and we're seeing a lot more of that. I mean, I'm getting a lot of inbound um, leads from from the UK about the same thing, where they're they're looking for global data. Mm -hmm. uh, on the addressable market, total total addressable market, obtainable market, revenue right. potential, number of competitors, who the competitors are, where they play in what space. Right. And it's just right. it's it's hard to find good data. There's lots of data out there, but not not a lot of it is good and not a lot of it is is created by people who understand the industry. I mean you have over fifteen years of experience. That's true. I do. Um, and then, you know, another example of that is that we worked with another um, technology company um, that was providing onboarding solutions, and we helped that company really, they were thinking about moving into another market segment. So we, we actually sized the market segment for them, identified potential clients, um, and helped them understand the, the revenue potential. But beyond that, you know, that led to us working with them uh, strategically to help them understand where the, their uh, greatest mm -hmm. opportunity was in terms of delivering um, additional uh, technology solutions to the marketplace. We did. Can you <laughs> talk a bit about, um, uh, when, we, we were, when we were discussing this earlier, the, um, the, when with there are firms that cover more than one segment, and is that becoming oh, more sure. prevalent? We've seen that more often, and what's, what, why is that a problem? So you're talking about the addressable market? still yes okay uh when, when, when there's firms right. that cover more than one segment of the market so sure so uh there is there are a lot of different um and this is ha this is actually um a trend that's been taking place for a while now but um there are a lot of um financial services firms that have uh, multiple business lines um, so for example fidelity uh, fidelity is an investment manager but they also are a custodian um, you know, there are investment management firms that do both hedge funds as well as uh, mutual funds and other types of products. So the largest firms in the industry that occupy the, you know, um, largest market share often participate in certain different business lines. So part of the challenge is to understand the business lines and then sort of um, tag those companies, if you will, um, and their appropriate uh, segment, and then measure that. And that's very that's pretty difficult to do. Um, so we actually developed a methodology to help firms do that, which works super well. It's it's a it's really useful for coming up with a straightforward answers to very complicated data sets. Yes, yes. So that was a, that was actually um, sort of the beauty of this project is we took all of that information. And we created a very um, easy to follow overview of 
you know, where the business was, um, what the revenue potential was without bogging the client down in lots and lots of data and analytics um, or, you know, granular sort of calculations. Um, so we were able to take it and actually, you know, present it in a way that uh, highlighted the um, key, you know, findings and insights. <clears throat> and what about the revenue models? That's, that's an important part of what our clients are asking us for. Mm -hmm. whether, whether they're moving into new markets, whether they're looking for funding, whether they're looking for an acquisition. You know, when we work with PE firms directly, they're looking to acquire somebody. Right. So they want to know what the revenue models are. So what, why is it difficult to do? Well, revenue models for firms, um, technology firms, often involve um, data points that, don't, that where we really don't have consistent information. We don't have consistent information on those particular data points. Um, so what we had to do in this particular case um, is approximate the revenue by using a different methodology. <clears throat> so what we did was we evaluated their existing uh, client base and came up with um, just a different methodology for calculating the, or estimating the revenue. Um, I think we used different types of um, uh, basis points um, calculations to come up with a revenue model that approximated the revenue, but didn't really rely on the very detailed pricing model that they actually use um, with their clients. Yeah, how do we, what, what are some of the ways we get that data? Is, yeah, so that's, a that's, a, that's, that was the tricky part. Uh, so there's a, there are a lot of different data um, providers. Uh, some of the data we uh, ended up purchasing from um, secondary research uh, from research firms. Other data um, exists uh, is publicly available on the internet. So we just collected data from a lot of different sources, and we vetted those sources. So you know, both of us have been in the industry for a long time, so we have a really good understanding of um, what the data should look like. Um, you know, in terms of um, what we should be expecting from the data um, in terms of, you know, the size of the clients or the size of the firms in the data, the number of firms in the data, et cetera. Uh, so once we found uh, reliable sources, we then took it, all those sources together, created a very big database, um, and then, um, you know, did our work based off of that database. The other thing that we did for the client too, which was great, is we, we, developed, sort of, we developed a battle map um, where we um, help the client understand where the target market was and where the and which clients offered them the greatest revenue potential. Um, so we created a, an online battle map that allowed them to uh, search the the industry because we created the battle map uh, using 3,500 different clients, and they were able to search their client base, um, uh, their potential client base. Or prospective clients, I should say, um, just by you know searching the the, the database using um, simple criteria. And that was extremely helpful to them, and they were so happy. It saved them a lot of time and effort, and helped focus their sales efforts in the right direction. That's it, right. And they didn't have any of that information. They had been in business for a long time. I was really surprised, but they didn't have that information. And it's not only this particular firm, it's, it's firms across the industry that don't have that type of really valuable information that they can use to better focus their sales efforts. And they need that. 
So let's switch gears a bit and talk about some of the things we're doing okay. at Ezra Group Research. And um, specifically, let's talk about the wealth, the, the areas that we're focusing on, which is, which is technology. So right. why are we right. focusing on that? Well, one of the things that I noticed when I was um, working with the Money Management Institute is that um, asset management firms, uh, broker dealers, um, the largest firms in our industry were really shifting their focus um, to technology solutions. Um, you know, that's always been a part of the financial services industry, for obviously, but they were shifting away from um, even, you know, some of the core um, focuses in their business towards developing technology solutions, whether it's a technology solution to better deliver advice or a technology solution to distribute their product or aggregate their data. A lot of their efforts were being shifted away from, um, let's say, product development more toward technology solutions. Uh, they were also shifting toward um, becoming more efficient as well. So that led, you know, led to our discussion, but also led to our understanding or realizing that there was a gap in the industry in terms of um, understanding these technology solutions and helping firms understand them better themselves. Uh, so one of the things that we're doing now is we're developing a series of um, what we're calling um, um, comparative evaluations on financial on, on technology solutions, uh, and it really focuses on the advisor tech landscape. Um, and by that I mean <clears throat> it's really technology solutions that support the advisor, whether it's you know um, at the front end in terms of uh, gathering client data information, advice and planning or portfolio construction um, to, to sort of the emerging market um, that's the sorts of, <laughs> delete that piece, um, sort of the, the emerging uh, focus on client interaction and engagement. So uh, we are looking across the spectrum, developing uh, analyses that will help enterprises, advisors, uh, vendors, compare these solutions at a, at a more granular level and make better purchasing decisions. And that's what it's all about. That's right. I want to take a little break from this episode to talk to you about one of my favorite sponsors, the Invest in Others Foundation. Invest in Others is a nonprofit. You can find them at investinothers.org. And they look to raise money and give out donations or they give out awards to charities that are sponsored by financial advisors. So it's financial advisors, uh, favorite charities, charities that they spend a lot of time supporting. So Invest in Others looks to get sponsorships from the industry and funnel that money to advisors' favorite charities. I really like this this charity uh, and this nonprofit. I think you should take a look at it. Again, investinothers.org. They've got a couple other programs. One is a Grants for Good program. Uh, again, delivering money to different needy organizations and needy groups. They're also starting a corporate awards program, which is going to be a little bit different, but still within the industry. Uh, another way for financial services, uh, wealth management corporations to help uh, donate money to people in need. So I really like Invest in Others. I think you should take a look at it. Invest in Others. Let me spell this for you. I-N-V-E-S-T-I-N-O-T-H-E-R-S dot O-R-G. 
So can you uh, can you explain one new thing that we're we're launching uh, in our next report, which is the Ezra score, and why do we do that, and what's important about it? Well, there's a, there's um, so our report, which is going to be which will focus on financial planning. Our first report will focus on financial planning, um, and in the report we provide a lot of qualitative content. So we review the top five uh, financial planning vendors. And that would include um, eMoney Advisor, Money Guide, Right Capital, Money Tree, and Nava Plan. Um, and in that, and in the report, we go through each solution and we talk about the key components of each solution, such as retirement planning, um, estate planning, um, you know, the the quality of the user interface, et cetera. Uh, but it's really hard after it's really hard for um, users of the report our enterprises, advisors, to then take that information and uh, act on it. So we decided to develop the Ezra score. And the Ezra score takes the key capabilities, key features um, of financial planning technology and rates them um, on a scale of one to five. And this really helps people visually understand um, what the best fit software might be for them. So, for example, if they're um, if an advisor or if they're if there's an enterprise firm that's um, servicing advisors who are servicing the mass affluent market, let's say, you know, there are particular software solutions that are a better fit for for that advisor and that enterprise. Um, so we try what this report does it, it is that it helps direct um, firms toward those solutions that will assist advisors in um, providing financial plans to their um, target client base. And that it will. There's, there's definitely a lack of good information about technology and about software specifically right. uh, from people who understand how it works rather than just getting a high, very high level overview. There's lots of high level stuff, uh, but there's very few in-depth research reports that really compare um, side by side the output of these programs and you know, how they differ, which I think is helpful for advisors uh, making decisions as well as for broker dealers and RIA networks and RIA aggregators who are looking to provide that software to advisors. Yeah, there is a lot of information out there and sometimes the information even um, contradicts each other. So we've really right. taken pain, great pains to be very objective about our evaluations. Um, mm -hmm. We've also talked to advisors um, in the industry and incorporated their insights into this report as well. And what are some of the other areas after we're done with uh, financial planning? There's so many other areas to talk about. <laughs> Wealth management technology is exploding. Right. And the categories are exploding with subcategories. So what are some of the categories of, of tech we're going to be focusing on the next couple of reports? There are so many to, to focus on. Uh, so we're really we're going to start focusing on um, some of the, the key areas that have come up in our discussions have been portfolio management software, uh, risk tolerance software, um, CRM software, uh, marketing, marketing automation software. And that's just to name the, you know, four that are, you know, off the top of my head, there are many more um, areas that, that we can focus on as well, but those are the, the key, the core areas that um, we've decided to focus on. Yeah, and future areas could be uh, billing and performance reporting, 
prospecting, onboarding tools, portfolio construction tools, you know, the list goes on and on. Right. Rebalancing. Well, rebalancing, that's an excellent one. We've done that <laughs> one before. Uh, well, I, well, I've written um, blog posts on rebalancers in the past, and we have a lot of internal research, but we've never really published it, which is one of the goals of the new research division is to take a lot of the information that we've had uh, and expand on it and do a more in-depth analysis of it and, and provide it to the market. Right. I think the other thing that's in the report that would be valuable to people is we review pricing, and I realize that a lot of the pricing is public, but... Um, our pricing review looks at um, um, trying to, to normalize pricing and give people an idea of you know which um, which technology solutions are more or less expensive and how do they compare in ter in terms of um, comprehensiveness. So we provide guidance um, in terms of looking at the solution, the the price, and then the the depth of the offering and that's important it's the, it's the depth of the offering that makes it that increases the complexity and makes it harder to evaluate yeah and what about the the our first report the financial planning software report yeah so we're um so in this financial planning software report it's our first report uh, so we cover a lot in the report we cover um, emerging trends we go through our scoring methodology we do a market segmentation uh, and then we do a deep dive analysis, both quantitative and qualitative, uh, on each of the solutions. Um, and I named the, the vendors that we were covering. And our qualitative um, overview covers uh, key differentiators. You know, what makes this solution different than the others? It looks at um, the user experience, estate planning, analytics and reporting, um, the integrations. Um, does the solution um, integrate with third parties? If so, how robust is that integration uh, pricing? And it also provides an overview of the of the solution. Um, and we also give our advice in terms of what's what market we think this the solution is the best fit for. Um, and then we move beyond that, and we talk about some of the um, so there's a lot of financial planning vendors out there, right? Um, we talk about um, the um, the rising stars, if you will, or the honorable mentions, and we cover um, one. To, we cover about seven different uh, honorable mentions, including Advisor, Asset Map, BlackRock, iRetire, Morningstar, Goldbridge, uh, Retire Up, and Maxify. So, um, so we do a shorter version of an overview for those particular firms, and then I think what's really unique is, is as you said, we're we're going to be comparing the output. Uh, we're taking the output, um, we, we have um, actually taken the output for eMoney, uh, Money Guide, and uh, Maxify, and we're comparing those. So we're comparing three plans um, where we're using the same information, the same underlying information, and then we're comparing and rating the output. Um, so I don't, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen that analysis done in the industry. Exactly. Exactly. Never been seen before. And right. working for an industry life. first. Right. An industry first. Trumpet it from the headlines. An industry first. Great. Uh, Gene, thank you so much for being on the program. Hey, it's Craig again. 
Hope you enjoyed my interview there with Gene Sullivan, head of Ezra Group Research. Ezra Group Research is exploring uh, and evaluating the landscape of technology, uh, crossing both wealth tech and advisor tech. We work with companies that build software and services in the wealth management space, as well as any firms that are interested in understanding this market better. And we're producing a series of in-depth competitive analysis reports, the first one to be on the top five financial planning software vendors coming out later this month. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Talk to you again next time.